1: With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears, Go Bears presented by Blue Wire Pods.
0: And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming.
2: What's up, Bears fans? I'm Zach Pearson, the publisher of the Bear Report, and we're about to get into a brand new episode of the Bear Report podcast with a lot of things to cover The final five games for the Chicago Bears, very important for the future of players, coaches, staff members, all that good stuff. We'll break down what happened over the bye week in terms of the draft pick race. Preview a little bit about the Detroit Lions. Get you ready for that game on Sunday at Soldier Field. Before we do that, though, let me bring in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, it's been a while since we've talked a little bit. Um, The holidays, full swing, Thanksgiving, all that good stuff. Bears in the bye week get a win over Minnesota in primetime. Matt Ibraflus' first NFC North Divisional win um, in his tenure so far. And now we go into five games. I'm just going to ask you right off the bat, man, because I think this is a very important topic. Can Matt Ibraflus save his job? And in your opinion, will he save his job?
1: Can he? Yeah, I think he can. Um, I, I don't think he should be able to. I mean, I'll be completely honest about that. I, I definitely think he can. And will he? I still... I still tend to lean, though. No. I mean, right before we started recording, I, you know, my biggest fear right now, and I think anybody who follows me on Twitter or knows, you know, my stance on this knows that I am, regardless of what happens, I don't give a shit if they if they run the table and go five and zero. Oh. Like Matty Ruffluz is not the coach for this team. He's not a good head coach. He may be a good defensive coordinator. Yes, the defense is coming along. There are still a ton of bad trends that, quite frankly you know, even if he bucks some of those moving into the final five games of the season, I just don't, it it just, it's one of those things where I just, I don't see a path forward with him. So I, you know, I I think my biggest concern and my biggest fear would be them going three and two down the stretch, finishing seven and 10. And then, you know, the defense continuing to improve and then being able to say, Hey, well, we made this progress. We more than doubled our win total. And here we are. And I, I just, I don't know, man. It's tough because I think outside of this Detroit game, like all of these games, and frankly, I think you can make the argument that the Detroit game is winnable. I mean, we saw them, they should have beat Detroit. They should be six and six right now. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, with a decent coaching staff, this team is six and six. They're right in the middle of the wild card race, even with all the injuries that they've had, even with the up and down quarterback play, the injuries to the quarterback position, all that stuff. Like, they could be six and six if they just held on to two games that they blew historically. So, You know, to me, when I look at that, I I think it's coaching. I think the way that this offense has been run, I think Luke Getzey has done Justin Fields absolutely zero favors. I think the play calling, uh, you know, in in week twelve on Monday night football showed that once again. I think yes, the defense is improving, but at the same time, when you throw as much you know, as much value into the defense as they have with free agency in the draft, I mean, you'd have to expect that things are going to get better. So do I think he can save his job? Yes, because I think I think three and two is kind of on that edge, um, but I, I think anything above three and two, four and one, five and zero, oh, uh, I, I do think they're going to keep him. And uh, just just look at these final few games, man. I mean, you got Detroit this week at home, you got Cleveland on the road, then you've got Arizona, you've got Atlanta, and then you got the Green Bay Packers. I would say. The two least winnable games would probably be Detroit and, and Green Bay. Green Bay is playing pretty dang good, and, you know, whatever it is, what it is. I'm not going to worry about Green Bay until the Bears figure out their old stuff. But I think the Cleveland game became extremely winnable. I mean, they're not playing the same brand of football that they've been playing uh, so far, you know, or most of this year. They've got a quarterback situation where Joe Flacco or uh, DTR are going to start for them when the Bears see him. Their defense isn't playing as well because their defense is trying to compensate for the fact that their offense can't score points. Atlanta's in one of the worst divisions in football and they're what, six and six right now. Uh, You know, the Cardinals are about as hot and cold as it gets. I mean, frankly, all of these games are relatively winnable for the bears. Do I think they're going to win them all like Cole Komet thinks. No, I don't. But I do think there is a, there is a path for them to go three and two down the stretch and I, I think that that's when things get interesting. So that's that's my biggest concern. Where are you at with it?
2: Yeah, and I ask you because it is the biggest topic. Um, it's Matt Berlus, it's Justin Fields, it's pending changes to the organization in the final five games. I look at these final five games. I think every game is winnable for the Bears. I can see a scenario where they can win every game. I can see a scenario where they can lose any of those games. I think it's it's just it, it there's one of those teams where, like you said, they really should have beat Denver, really should have beat the Lions. They don't blow both those games right there at six and six, right in the hunt, right there in the playoff spots, you know, race. Um, but they blew it, man. Bad coaching, penalties, mistakes. It's the same stuff over and over. And with Matt Eberflus, there's a lot more red marks than there are green marks. I do think the defense playing better as of late is a green mark. I do think Matt Iberflus can go to George McCaskey, can go to Kevin Warren, can go to Ryan Poles and say, look, look what we've done you guys got me Montez Sweat. In defense of Eberflus, it was a total teardown for this team. And he was put in a position where he had a coach defense last year that did not have Cleo Mack, did not have Robert Quinn, did not have Roquan Smith, had very little talent at all in the front seven. And now, as we're going into the Final Five games, you get Montez Sweat. You see what Gravon Dexter is doing. He's playing better. The secondary is playing better. They added linebackers this offseason. Jack Sanborn is taking a step forward. I think that's the case for my neighbor, Fulis, is saying, look, my guys, we're starting to get guys in here. Let's add a couple more. We're the number one rush defense in the NFL, at least going into this past week. We are top ten in – Major categories um, over the past three weeks going into the last week, you know, points per game, um, I believe uh, sacks per game, turnovers per game, things like that, um, they were top 10 going into this bye week in the last three games. And he could say, I mean, this is what I can give you. Let's get another offensive mind in here, an offensive coordinator, work with our quarterback. The negatives, though, I mean, the penalties, man, the undisciplined play. Not a lot of, in my eyes, improvement overall from players. Um, You know, I do think there has been improvement, but I do think at the same time, like, his team hasn't really improved as a whole. They've blown games. They've been out of games. Um, They looked flat against Green Bay in week one after having months to prepare for them with Green Bay ushering in another quarterback era. That, you know, that absolutely cannot happen. And And I think, honestly, like, press conferences, stuff like that's probably lower down on the list, but the guy is very confusing to understand.
1: Well, uh, let's not, let's not forget the fact that, you know, through no fault of his own or through fault of his own, two of his coaches basically walked out
2: the door by HR this year. And the one that we really don't know about what what the hell happened with Alan Williams, that's a guy Matt Aberfuse brought in and was right-hand man essentially with in, in Indianapolis. Like they've been together for a while. So yeah, I mean those those are obviously bad marks, but look at these five games. if they beat Detroit at home and it's looking like the weather's gonna be a little iffy, depends on where the storm kind of shifts. If they could beat Detroit at home in a sloppy game against Jared Goff and their defense plays really well, I mean that's that's a good start. You know they they have Cleveland, they have Atlanta, they have Arizona, Green Bay. I my thing is right now. I think he's gone. I don't think he's coming back. I do think there's a chance he could save his job. When I look at it, man, I think there's a very, very real scenario. Going into Green Bay week 18, that game means a hell of a lot for this franchise. We know how much it means to George McCaskey. The Packers could be 6-7 seed, potentially need a win depending, you know, their schedule is very easy, needing a win to get in just like last year. Bears go, let's say they let's say they beat the Lions, let's say they beat the Cardinals, and they beat the Packers at the end of the year and they go three and two. I I don't know, man. I think that might do it to, to keep him. I think the Bears would value that win. They would look at it. Iber would look at it and say, that's what the Lions did last year. I can do this. Um I don't know. There's also a scenario where, you know, the Bears, I mean, they win this week. They they beat the Browns, you know, maybe they rally off a couple. Of, a win streak, things fall the right way. I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs, but they're like hanging in there going into week 17 where like, you know, maybe they're going to get eliminated, but you know, they, they have a shot still. It's, it's, it's a lot of scenarios can play out, but it's going to be interesting. I kind of want to get your thoughts on that. Like, do you see that scenario? Like does beating green Bay, like if, if they go two and three, but beat green Bay, do you think, I mean, that is that enough to maybe push the needle the other way a little more?
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: I I think it will weigh in. I think that, I mean, the quality of the wins and who they play is obviously going to be big. I think if they you know, I I don't because it's tough because, I mean, you're talking five games. So let's just say they beat Detroit and Green Bay. I mean, you're talking one win, three losses, and then one win. So you're talking at that point, you're talking six and 11 overall, but you'd be talking three and three in the division this year. Um, you, you finally beat Green Bay. You knock them out of the playoffs or w- whatever. I, I mean, I could see it, but at the same time, you still got the same situation where you haven't put a win streak together. Um, there's been a lot of different things that have been going on. I think, I mean, here's, here's the thing, right? Is the bears are in a position in a really interesting position because for the majority of the time that this job has come available, the bears haven't been one of the more attractive destinations to go to. I mean, just go back to the Maddie reflues and, and Ryan poles hiring where, They were behind the curve for one uh, because they had to hire a GM and a head coach, but two, that roster was old. There was, they had no cap flexibility whatsoever. They didn't have a lot of draft picks. Like the whole thing was just kind of in limbo. There was a lot of questions about Justin Fields. Um, You know, and then the the, the time before that, it's like, you know, they they get Matt Nagy. I I think it was an attractive enough job, but I don't think it was like one of those where everybody's going to be lining up, hoping that they get an interview and get a shot for it versus this year, where regardless of how you feel about the quarterback position, I know that's been a heated topic on Twitter and there's just no in between. It's either you love fields or you hate fields and either you think they should draft a quarterback or
2: whatever the case may be. But, and, and you're considered wrong by the other side, no matter what side you're on.
1: Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's the uh, that's a whole that's a whole different thing. But, you know, you know, but it, it's one of those situations where I think you have to look at the entire picture, right? It's not just okay, cool, throw out last year and that's fine. But let's just say hypothetically, the Bears go two and three down the stretch. They lose to Detroit, they lose to Green Bay, the two games that they're probably most likely to lose. And let's say they beat the Browns and they beat uh, one of the Browns and the Falcons and then the Cardinals, right? So they go two and three, they're six and six and 11 overall, but they've won one game in the division. They don't have a win streak. I think in that situation, it's it's pretty simple. But I think really, again, you, ha- you have to zoom out on this situation, right? And you have to kind of piece everything together little by little. And still say, okay, even even if you take out all of last year, they still haven't had a win streak. They won six games this year. They, in that scenario, they won one divisional game. So that's already not working for you. Plus, the penalties have gone way up. Yes, the defense has gotten better. The offense is the offense is worse than it was last year. Like there's there's just like the, the the quarterback situation is still completely up in the air. You've had two assistant coaches that you've had to let go for various reasons. Quite frankly, in that scenario, I don't think, I don't think, in under any scenario, I, if Matt Eberflues returns next year, there's no way you keep Luke Getze at this point. I mean, Luke Getze has shown time and time and time again that it's just it's not going to work. Whether it's the fact that he wants to run his offense one way and one way only and doesn't want to adapt over time and, 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 and keep those changes or whether him and Justin Fields just don't, you know, they don't work together, whatever the case may be. And that's kind of the thing is you start looking at the bigger picture. And even if you throw out last year and you're just looking at this year, what confidence do you have moving into the off season, If you're Ryan Poles or Kevin Warren or whoever is going to ultimately be making this decision and look at this situation and say, okay, we've got the number one or the number two overall pick, which we haven't even talked about. A lot has developed since the last time we've had a podcast. So, whether you're at pick one or two, which seems like a virtual lock at this point, one of those two, you're going to have the chance at either Caleb Williams or Drake may or both. Right. If you trade Justin Fields, you're going to have a scenario where you're probably going to end up getting at least a second or third round pick back probably as, you know, a, a second and a little bit more or a third and another third, whatever. It doesn't matter. It, do you feel comfortable in that situation? If you're Ryan Poles and, and Kevin Warren, moving forward with this coaching staff or with Matt Eberflus as the head coach, knowing that you're going to have one of the top picks in the draft, one or two, you're going to have a chance at a quarterback. You're going to have a chance to completely reset the quarterback position, which is a lot of, a lot of teams don't get that opportunity. Uh, they're not in the same situation as the bears. They are going to have every single candidate out there on the job market. That is going to be lining up for this job. They've got a ton of cap space. They've got a young, improving roster. They've got quarterback flexibility. They've got offensive flexibility. They've got a decent amount of their offensive line in place. They've got the number one receiver in place. They've got the top tight end in place. They've got some good pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Again, they're going to have a lot of cap flexibility. They're going to have two first-round picks. They're going to have plenty of room to maneuver with. You get your choice at quarterback, whether that's a drafted quarterback or whether that's Justin Fields moving into year four. If you don't choose Justin Fields, you're going to get more draft picks. The thing is, is they're in such a good position right now that, to me, I think it's all situational. I think you have to look at all of that, regardless of how you feel about the quarterback situation. You have to look at all that and say, okay, even if they go with Justin Fields, they can get Marvin Harrison Jr. Then they can go get another stud offensive lineman, or they can get you know stud defensive lineman, or whatever the case may be. They have so many different ways that they can go. That it just feels like, unless they are 100% sold on Matt Eberflues and being able to not only be the head coach, but who the hell are you going to get as an offensive coordinator? Because, frankly, I think my personal opinion, maybe you feel differently, my personal opinion is Matt Eberflues gets a year three and Ryan Poles does not pull the trigger on firing him this year. Both of their asses are on the line next year. If they don't improve, if they don't get to the playoffs, if they don't show serious improvement, then they're both gone. And at that point in time, Again, you're looking at a situation where is Ryan Poles really willing to he, – he can love him as much as he wants. Is he really willing to put all of that on the line versus hitting the reset button, getting another offensive-minded head coach or Jim Harbaugh, whatever the hell, whoever the hell your dream head coach is in this situation, getting – letting them have the choice of what quarterback and moving on from there and basically – Almost wiping your slate clean at this point. Like he's done enough, in my opinion, to be able to justify his job. So it's like with all that you look at that entire picture. To me, I think it's going to take, and this is something that I mean Albert Breer has has said, uh, Diane Rossini has said. If you read any of the stuff on the Tribune with Brad Biggs or listen to him, or uh, Dan Weeder has been the same way. To me, it seems like Matt Eberflus is has his back up against the wall. And ultimately, it's it's going to come down to quality ones, like you said. You know, I think they absolutely have to beat Green Bay. But even at that point in time, I think if you really zoom out and look at the situation, I, I just, I mean, do you feel comfortable with with any part of this coaching staff moving in next year, developing a quarterback and or trying to do a year four adjustment fields?
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? To me, I, I mean, I've I've made it known. I do think that need to reset. Um, I lo- I like Justin Fields, fantastic person. Um, I do think he can have a, a very successful career in this league. I think it's just it's overall. I think it's just over. I think you have to reset. I think you look at Ryan Poles and the decisions he's going to have to make. Like the Bears have already done this once, where they went into a year. Lame Duck manager or or, um, Lame Duck head coach, Lame Duck uh, general manager after 2020. They got the extra year. They draft Justin Fields. They fire Matt Nagy. They fire Brian Pace. I don't want to do that again. I think if you're going to reset everything, you just reset it. I think you keep Ryan Poles. I think he's done enough. I think the draft picks are playing a lot better, and they're and they look like they have an absolute stud at right tackle. The returns on Gervin Dexter is of later starting to turn go the positive direction. He found Tyson Bajan, who can be a serviceable backup, which we're seeing all over the NFL right now is very, very important. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know, when you look at it, you mentioned the whole Diana Rossini report, and then a other, couple others, you know, Kevin Warren's going to have a part in this. and, he very well damn should because when they made that change, man, I mean, that's probably, you know, the closest they're going to get to ever selling the team as of right now is like making that change, like ushering that in. He's going to have to have a hand in it. And I don't know, man, because like you said, a lot's happened. Um, and, and you know, we didn't do a podcast right before the Minnesota game or right after it. Um, but, you know, he was in the locker room after that game, and from what I saw, it looked like he was smiling a lot during the Matt Ibraflus presser, uh, or speech was given to his team. I don't know, man. I I think you just, you have to, like, you can't run this where it's Ibraflus is safe, and they bring Fields back, and getsy. I just, to me, that's, like, option zero. That's way, way, way at the bottom of the list. I also, like, I want to talk about this. Like, do you think... Justin fields is safe like do you what in your eyes what does it take for justin fields to save his job because i mean I, he's played well as of late i mean've he's had those flashes that we've seen like as a passer as a runner what he can do problem for me man is like i know what he can do at the same time though like and everyone on X and all and whatever posting everywhere wants to point to the washington game they want to point to the uh Denver game he had a key turnover in the Denver game. Two of them. He had, in against Minnesota the first time, he wasn't good in the first half. Like, did we forget about the Kansas City game? Did we forget about the Green Bay game? Did we forget about the Tampa Bay game? And yeah, I get, like, Luke Getzey is a big part of that. It's a big reason why you know, the offense has struggled. Same time, man, like, 35 fumbles in 35 games. It, it's just the consistency is not there for me. I keep going back to this, I, I and I'll let you answer this, but... For me, and I've said it, if there is any ounce of doubt from Justin Fields about being the guy, Ryan Poles is taking a quarterback number one overall. I get the whole trade package you can get, the ransom you can get, and maybe you get that and then you take a quarterback later on in the draft and then or you wait till next year. You can't keep doing that. It, it, this is a cycle you keep going through. You can't do it. You have to take a swing at quarterbacks in my eyes. Um and I think, like I said, if they is if there's any doubt at all, it, it, it's going to be a quarterback. And I hate that because I want Justin Fields to concede. I think you'd agree. Like if Justin Fields proving he's the guy, no doubt at all, is incredible for the Bears because they can make that trade or they can take you know Marvin Harrison or, or do whatever they want. I don't know, man. I I, I think they're going to take a quarterback in the, in the draft.
1: Yeah, well, and I I do too. I I, I think this is how I would rate things right now. I would say there's an above 90% chance that they have the number one overall pick, regardless of what Fields does the rest of the year. I think there's an above 90% chance that they're going to take Caleb Williams or Drake May at number one. Now, obviously, we'll have plenty of time to debate that if that's the case. If the pick is at two and you have a choice between one of the two, considering how highly thought of these guys are, I would still rate that right around 60% that they would take a quarterback. I think, obviously if by some crazy happenstance they end up uh, you know that that pick, that Carolina pick ends up at 3, then obviously I think you kind of have your answer right there because I don't think they should uh, in my opinion I don't think they should trade up. Well, one I don't think they would be able to trade up, but you know, whatever. It, but I mean and that's kind of the thing. Like keep this in mind as we're as we're recording this. I mean, the the Cardinals won last week. So that puts them and that's kind of the nice thing about this, right? Is like looking at Tankathon, which does an awesome job because their strength of schedule is the entire schedule. Like if you go and look at like ESPN right now, the strength of schedule that they show is just going to be the games that each team has played so far, not accounting for the last five games of the season. So Arizona is sitting at three and 10, which is two games, uh, you know, two games back of Carolina for the number one overall pick. But the big key here is their strength of schedule is 561 and Carolina's is 525. So the chances of that completely skewing, uh, over the next five weeks is basically slim none, which means that Carolina basically has a two and a half game lead. Even if Carolina wins two games down the stretch, Arizona is going to lose out that tiebreaker, and Carolina at worst is going to finish two, and that's the pick that the Bears get. Now, obviously, the New England one's a little bit more interesting just because the strength of schedules right about the same. New England does have a game up over Carolina right now, but if you look at the the you know the remaining schedules, I think you can make a good argument that Carolina's uh, – you know. Carolina has an easier schedule down the stretch, which you know may help out. Uh, may help out that strength of schedule a little bit if they finish both with two or three wins, or whatever. But again, kind of getting back to what you're talking about, I, I I think there's, in my opinion, there's three different scenarios, and I've tried writing about this a few times, and I can't really find a way to formulate it quite yet. I think it's going to take a few more weeks to play out to get some clarity. But there's. In my personal opinion, there are three different scenarios that can happen. And I would rate this and in, in likelihood uh, starting from least likely to likely. And I think the most, the, the least likely scenario would be running it all back. Now I know that some people think that, you know, that's what they're going to do or that's what they should do. And when I say running it all back, that means keeping Justin Fields, keeping Maddie Ruflus, keeping this coaching staff, including Luke Getze and running it back to me. I just – I don't see a scenario where that makes any sense. I don't care if they finish with pick one, pick two, or pick three. It doesn't make any sense. You've at least in that situation, you've got to go and you've got to get a new offensive coordinator. But like we talked about, who is that offensive coordinator going to be? I mean, do you bring in a guy like Eric Bieniemy because he's probably going to be out uh, of Washington this year if he doesn't get a head coaching job? I mean, do you bring him in? Frank Reich? I don't know. I mean, that's that's the problem because once you go into that third year with this regime – I think Ryan Poles puts himself on the line by basically saying, hey, we're sticking with Matt Eberflus. This is what we're doing. And I think at that point, you're looking at basically a three and out if they don't make the playoffs with both the GM and the head coach. So to me, that's the most unlikely scenario. The second most unlikely scenario, the middle scenario, would be keeping Matt Eberflus. I guess there's four, I guess, technically in this situation. Uh, keeping Matt Eberflus, firing Luke Getzee, keeping Justin Fields. Um, again, you look at that situation. I I don't know, man. I I I, I to me, again, it doesn't really seem likely. But because it's like, what what offensive mind are you going to find that's going to come in and be able to make things work, especially if you have a number one or number two overall pick, whatever. Moving on to scenario three. Um, in this scenario, you basically would fire um, Eva Flues on the coaching staff and keep Justin Fields. I think that that is probably in all likelihood probably the second least likely scenario to happen just because again if you're bringing in a new head coach part of the draw of this job is going to be having him be able to take his own quarterback and for as much ceiling as you can you think Justin Fields can have he's still going to going to be going into year 4 of his contract which means at very minimum you're going to have to make a decision on his fifth year option i can't imagine personally maybe you feel differently i can't imagine he's going to take the Jordan Love type deal i think Jordan Love was a different situation because going into year four, he hadn't really played any football. Justin Fields is going to have three pretty much full years of starting under his belt going into year four. So I think if you keep Justin Fields in that scenario and you bring in a new head coach, you're full on committing to him, which again, I just don't really see, especially with what we've seen so far, I don't think is overly likely, especially with his third head coach in four years and third offensive four years and all that stuff. I think, this is the most likely scenario to me is I think that they're going to fire the coaching staff. I think that they're going to do the quote unquote evaluation where they're going to go through. They're going to look at Caleb Williams, look at Drake, Drake May. They're going to, you know, check out, you know, they're going to basically evaluate the entire situation of Justin Fields and everything else. And I think ultimately the most likely scenario, whether we like it or not, is they're going to come to the conclusion of we've got the number one or number two overall pick. We wanna reset the you know, the, the clock at quarterback. Whatever offensive mind is is gonna come in is gonna say, Hey, you're gonna have a big play in the in the quarterback situation, you're gonna to get to take your own quarterback. And I think that's the way it's gonna work. So I think more than likely, I, I think you're looking at a situation where, you know, two of those scenarios don't have Justin Fields in the mix. And I think it's Again, it's it's just a very complex situation because you're talking about either bringing in a new head coach or not bringing in a new head coach. But the Justin Fields contract situation is a whole, in, you know, different entirety in itself.
2: Were those the cats?
1: That yeah, they've decided that they wanna <laughs> they, they want to agree. Though. Yeah,
2: apparently. <laughs> are they uh, one side of Twitter? Or are they like the one side of Twitter? Or one is in favor of Fields, and the other side is. Uh wants just changed. Because I mean that's what it was, man. All bye week.
1: Yeah, they're I don't know. They're they're very similar in age. So they for whatever reason they decided that they wanted to one of them started trying to play with the other one and they got mad. And then now the other one's mad that the other one wanted to play and now he wants to play. It's So I don't know main coons are weird man. That's that's yeah. these two are just talking to each other right now. They <laughs> tackle each other and now they're back
2: to being pissy oh man um yeah no i mean that's all great points i just It's going to be a fun offseason. There's a lot of big decisions to make. And you know, like I said, the, the big decisions, a lot of it could come down to these final five games. We don't know. We don't know what decisions have been made. We don't know what Ryan is thinking. We don't know what Kevin Warren's thinking. Um, and with these five games, right away, you have a divisional game coming up. And you have a Lions team that you were the better team for 56 minutes at their home field. You were the better team for these six minutes. You blew it in four minutes at the end. This is a game. You're at home. You're coming off a bye week. You're coming off a win. You should win this game. I, I know the lines have been good this year. Um, you know, you saw them against the Saints. They get up like twenty-four nothing. You're like, oh, they might be back, and then they have to hold on for their lives in that game and, and score late to kind of pretty much seal it. This is a game for the Bears that they they want to turn anything around. As coaching staff, any anything, they're gonna have to win it and. You're going to get Jared Goff, like I mentioned, probably in some elements. Um, I I think it might be a little cold, depending on the snow, rain, all that stuff. You got to win this game. And and I do think the Bears, you know, I I don't want to say that they're the better team because I think the Lions, still a good team. They're probably going to win the division. Bears have been playing better as as of late. Um, The spread, you know, line, went. I think it was Lions minus five. Now it's like Lions minus three. So, yeah, you know, for me, this is a game that I uh, – I, 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 you know, I I, I watched the, – I'm doing the draft pick watch and all that. I want to see them win a game like this. I want to see them win a home divisional game, build a win streak, get some confidence going, um, and then let the draft pick that you have fall where it falls. I mean, I'm still going to watch what Carolina has. But I guess in your eyes, man, it, it, for you, does this kind of feel like a different vibe going into this one compared to last time they played the Lions? Because last time they played the Lions – I thought they were going to get killed. I thought it was going to be just an absolute butt whooping. This time, I'm actually a little more confident in the Bears potentially winning this game.
1: Well, I think what the Bears have shown since they've gone on this, you know, four and four run is that they can basically be in most games. I mean, obviously, outside of that, that, the Chargers game was obviously not very, it was pretty ugly. And then you look at what the Chargers are doing since, and they really haven't figured it out. But, yeah, I think – I think this game's going to go one of two ways. I think either the Bears are going to be able to figure it out and they're going to be able to get the win this time around because, dude, Detroit's not playing that good at football. Like, obviously, they still have pretty good offense, but that defense is really starting to it, – it, it feels like the Bears kind of put the Lions in a little bit of a slump because, I mean, if the Bears would have won that game, man, the Lions would be on on three-game losing streak coming into this game right now. I mean, they I, Green Bay handled them on Thanksgiving – and or I guess what well, not a three-game losing streak because they just won this last week. They almost, but they could they could have been on a three-game losing streak depending on what happened in those two games. And that's the problem. They jumped out that huge lead against New Orleans, and then they let New Orleans come back, and they, New Orleans almost won the game. And that's kind of been the the tale of the tape for them over the last few weeks. Is their defense has not been playing as well, and the offense has moments, but they're not nearly as consistent or dominant as they are. So, yeah, I think. I think that this is absolutely a game the Bears can win. I don't think they have a game left on their schedule the last five weeks of the season that they can't win. Now, again, as we've talked about multiple times, as I've written about multiple times, this is a Jekyll and Hyde team. You do not know what you're going to get. I mean, frankly, the Bears dominated that game against the Vikings, and they they pull it out in the final minute of the game after leading for the majority of the game and dominating the majority of the game. Like We've seen that from the Bears so often where – and Cole Komet and a few other guys have pretty much said the same thing. Like getting close is no longer good enough. Like they have to be able to find ways to win games. They have to be able to, you know, they have to be able to find ways to stop blowing leads. They have to be able to find ways when they get the ball in their hands in the final two minutes of the game, they have to be able to consistently go down and win the game like they did against the Vikings. So, you know, I, I think that they can win. I I'm at a point where I don't maybe outside of the Cardinals game. We'll see. I don't know if Cardinals have been, really up and down uh but I, I think the cardinals game is probably the only one where i would legitimately pick them the win but i do think they have a chance in this game uh just because i don't think detroit's been playing that well and i think the bears have been playing better so i don't know man it's it's just you don't know the problem is you don't know what you're going to get with them i mean it's just it's just that simple it's like they they have pretty much dominated the majority of the last two games and yet they're one and one and they could very easily be either 2 and 0 or 0 and 2. You just don't you don't know how the final little bits going to go and quite frankly I feel like if Kevin Stefanski uh you know had a different quarterback that he had a little bit more trust in, I think that they would have been more aggressive on that final drive of the game and I think we'd be talking about a, a Bears team right now that's sitting at 3 and 9. Instead of four and eight, and we'd be talking about a very different situation where, you know, either Matt Eberflus is no longer here or it's, it's feeling, you know, like a virtual lock that he's going to be gone.
2: Yeah. I mean, in, honestly, we've mentioned you go back to the Denver game, like that game was in the bag for the Bears. That, that that was in the bag and they blew it and it goes back to they made mistakes, they made penalties, defense gave it up. It was almost similar to the the uh, Lions game. I, I want to say the Lions game, they had a couple mistakes too. I think Tyler Scott fumble there was at the Vikings game he fumbled in one of the games um you know I think that was a Viking was that Vikings well he okay it was the deep ball in the Lions game where they had the chance to essentially seal it and uh
1: yeah yeah he just completely misjudged the ball and slowed down
2: yep yeah that was yeah man it feels like forever now I mean we're getting December and it's 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 going by quick and yeah I, I mean it's just like we talked about man they got to get a winning streak together. They haven't had one under Matt Eberflus. They haven't won a home divisional game under Matt Eberflus now. Weather's going to be crappy. Fans are still going to show up. Like, at this point, like, like I, I said it after the Vikings game, man. Like, I, I know a lot of people are rooting for the draft position. Um, same time, man, like, it, it's a win. Enjoy it as a fan. Um, there haven't been many of these in the past two years under the Matt Eberflus era. Um, frankly, you know, there wasn't many in the Matt last year and enjoy them while you can and and, and be happy when they win. Like I don't, I I don't, honestly, I just never, like, I don't think you can be sad when your team wins. Uh, I I understand, again, the draft position all that stuff. Um, I guess last year probably would have been the perfect example in week 18. But, um, no, I I, like I said, I do think this is a team the Bears can beat. I'm actually going to pick the Bears again this week. Um, I took them last week against the Vikings. I just had one of those weird feelings that they're, you know, they're the better team. I took them, they're like plus three and a half. I took them the money line too. Um, So I took them the spread and the money line, and it just kind of felt like they were the better team going into that game. This week, I you know, I'm going to take the Bears straight up as well. I, I think the Bears are going to win this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a, one of those like tough, hard-fought, like vintage NFC Central type games where it's going to be cold. Um you know, it's probably going to be a low-scoring game at halftime, you know, something like 13-7, something like that. But I think the Bears are, are going to hold on. I think they're going to win, I'll say, 24-20. to 20. I think it's going to come down the same thing as last time. Like, the Lions are going to have a chance to go down the field, win the game, um, and I think the Bears' defense stops. But I think the Bears' defense is playing a lot better, and I think Montez Sweat is a big reason why. And I, I think they're going to continue, and I think my X factor, in that is going to be Montez Sweat in, in the, the pass rush. They can get to Goff. I mean, we saw what was it, 2018. Jared Goff, it's not gonna be that cold. It's not gonna be prime time. But Jared Goff in that element wanted nothing to do with Chicago in that game at all. Like when we watched the game against the Rams the Bears just defense just dominated, Jared Goff did not, he he wanted no part of that. Um, I think it's be kind of the same. I think the Bears are gonna have to make life hell on him um in this game. Yeah,
1: it's funny because I'm actually gonna take the same score, but with the opposite team winning. I, I I think, again, I think the bears can win this game. I just, I'm at a point where I can't confidently pick them in any game uh, (laughs) because you just don't know what you're going to get. So it's like, I would, you know, I feel like I'm safer picking the team that's, you know, lost eight games this season rather than picking the team that's won four games this season. So I'm going to go 24, 20 lions. I think that the bears are going to have a chance to win the game, um, you know, at the end. And I think, something's going to happen whether it's justin fields whether it's you know somebody else making a mistake it would it honestly to me it would it would be so fitting where fields is finally driving them down the field and things are going well again and then tyler scott fumbles the ball or whatever the case may be like somebody does something where it's out of justin fields hands and that just kind of feels like one of these games where it's like we're going to go through the majority of the game being like, oh, man, the Bears really are improving. Maybe this is really starting to click, and then they're going to find that that one way that they always do at the end of the game to be able to mess it up, and they're going to end up losing. So I'll go 24-20 Lions. As far as the X factor goes, um, I think because of the bad weather, I think that they're going to have to get the running game going. That's something that they really haven't done a great job of the last few weeks. And then I would assume – obviously, we won't get the first injury report tomorrow, I would assume – that Deontay Foreman is going to be good to go. So you have Foreman, Herbert, and Roshan Johnson. Hopefully Johnson continues to get some touches because um, I think at least in the passing game he's been pretty good and I've liked some of his runs. But I think getting the running game going in bad weather situations, which is a lot of what they're going to see over the next, you know, the, the last five games of the season, um, is is going to be big for them. Uh, I think, that what, the only game that they play in a dome for the rest of the year is I think that Atlanta game, right? Cause they, or do they play Atlanta at home?
2: No, I think Atlanta's at
1: home, isn't it? Is it? I I you could be right. But yeah, you know, I think it is because I think it was in Atlanta last year. Yeah, it's New so, Year's Eve. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, either way, I mean, like they've they've gotta be able to get the run game going. And, you know, I just I I fail to see Getsy's screen happy uh, offense, you know, passing offense is an extension of the run game being something that's gonna work very well. So that would be my X factor. Get the run game going, uh, you know, win both sides of the trenches and, and and really pretty much do the same thing you did last time, except for, you know, actually finish out the game and, and don't get conservative when you're
2: up. So naturally we picked the same type of game, type of scoring, and it's going to be like 3 nothing or something like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, this is, yeah, this is
2: going to be where the, it,
1: well, I mean, the Bears haven't won coming out of a bye week, and that's another thing to keep in mind. They haven't won out of a bye week. Since 2013.
2: Yeah, forever. So it's been,
1: it's been, yeah, it's been, uh, this is nine years. If they lose, if they lose this one, it's going to be 10 years. So yeah, it's, uh it's, it's, it's been a while, man. So maybe they can break. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the rest of this season really comes down to bucking the trends. And there's a lot of trends to buck. I mean, they really haven't been that great in the division. So they got to buck that. They got to, you know, if they win this game, they finally get on a winning streak. They win this game. They break, you know, the the bye week losing streak that they've had. Um, you know, you got to break that losing streak against the Packers, which feels like it's been a hundred games since last time they beat the Packers. Like, there's a lot of things down the stretch, and that's why I think that there is a sliver of hope for Eberflus and his staff to be able to save their jobs. But again, I'm in see it to believe it mode with this team because anytime that I start getting any sort of optimism whatsoever, they 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 just find a way to take it and just crumble it up and throw it in the trash.
2: Yep. Uh, we'll see, man. Yep. Five games left and a lot of storylines still to, to be after. We're gonna follow you on X, I guess, Aaron, and uh we're gonna read your work.
1: I refuse to call it X. I'm <laughs> calling it Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter. And uh, you can read my work at TheBearReport.com.
2: And as always, you can follow The Bear Report at JustBearReport. You can follow me at at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Um, You can read my work on there, everyone else's work. Please rate, review, subscribe, all major podcasting platforms. We'll be back next week to talk about the final four games of the season and, and recap the Lions game. From this past Sunday or this Sunday upcoming. Till then, everyone, please stay safe. Please stay healthy.